And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid and conservative and just plain right, covering some major ground across the northern half of the most beautiful state in the nation, Alabama. I'm talking about this show goes way on down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back on over to Gadsden, and parts of Georgia and Tennessee and Mississippi, all thrown in just for good measure. Well, I'm going to switch gears here. Number two on the Triple Dipper. So China is here. All right. Let's let's talk. Can we talk? Let's talk. Let's talk. Um, China. Now, you know some of the terminology being used more commonly these days uh, in in like the, the Pentagon and others, uh, even the State Department is is a what they call a near peer adversary, and that would be someone who is almost on par with us, closest to a you know peer to peer is a near peer adversary, and China is it. There's been a whole lot, you know, in the last year, the, the war in Ukraine has really exposed uh, the, incap- the, the lack of capabilities uh, of, the, uh, of the, the Russian military. So the, the, the vaunted Russian bear appears to uh, be a little old and tired and somewhat toothless in some ways. I don't want to underestimate them. They're still a nuclear capability. They still, have, they still have the ability to do bad things in multiple places. But nonetheless... You know, all the talk about how Ukraine was going to be steamrolled in two weeks. Well, have we been supplying weapons and aid? Yes, we have, but we didn't right away, did we? So the vast majority of, of what we supplied to them came well after we recognized that, oh, they're actually holding their own. Um, so Russia. Yes, they, I would say that on the world stage, Russia is still one of our uh, biggest potential large-scale adversaries, but China is looming Bigger and bigger as we speak. One of the world's largest, if not the world's largest economy. Uh, a nation that doesn't mind uh, encroaching. A nation that, that just does stuff with impunity and waits to see what you're going to do about it. Um, a nation whose technology is not just uh, uh, significant, but has also become a huge part of what we require for our own technology. I mean, how how... How strategic was this that, you know, that, that the vast majority of the um, computer chips that we rely on come from either Taiwan, which is opposed, you know, that is to China or from China itself. Prescription medications, China. Rare earth materials to make uh, um, major battery systems, China. Um, and then any number of things that are just manufactured in China because of cheap labor. So all that to say, and then there's also, you know, um, uh, agricultural exports and imports, China. So Real Clear Defense has a piece, and I'll start off with this before I get into the crux of my dipper. The, the, the crux of my triple dipper portion here, though, is that China is here. And when I say, when I don't, when I'm not saying, hey, be aware, China's on the horizon. I'm saying China's in the U.S. China is here in our backyard. And oh, by the way, that includes Alabama. Real Clear Defense has an article that came out uh, just yesterday. It says, rethinking assumptions about China. And I will say this. We do not have the luxury of assumption when it comes to China. We don't. First of all, assumptions, you know what the old saying is. Uh, assumptions, what do those do? Uh, when you assume, it makes an ass of you and me. All right? But um, we don't have the luxury of assumption with China. We cannot do it. But it says here, if the war in Ukraine is teaching the United States anything, it is that great powers can unexpectedly suffer battlefield defeat because of expectations and assumptions about their military prowess being outdated. 
says some widely held American assumptions include a belief that Chinese leadership is a conflict-averse organization and fears war with the United States. He says that assumption may no longer be valid. In other words, they no longer fear the idea of war with the United States. In fact, if anything, there is the belief that China may now very well believe that Washington fears war with China more than Beijing fears war with the United States. Goes on to point out that the Chinese have been expanding their nuclear arsenal. Uh, they now have a nuclear first strike capability. In recent years, they've expanded and modernized their nuclear forces to include theater utility weapons. Uh, it goes on to say that they've expanded their naval forces significantly. In the South China Sea, they are building fake islands and arming them in order to you know, propose that they have now uh, pushed out their territorial waters. Um, and given Chinese statements, says Real Clear Defense, its expansion of strategic and conventional capabilities and its incursions into Taiwanese airspace, it is prudent to consider updating our assumptions about the Chinese decision calculus when it comes to potential conflict. What they're saying is this. China is making large-scale inroads into what it would take to be the superpower. Maybe we should stop thinking of them as a near-peer adversary. Maybe it's time to think of them as an adversary at peer level, period. Make no assumptions about their capabilities. Assume this, if anything, that it would be a royal fight, that we would not just prevail because we're the United States. We have to consider that at every turn, China has been assessing its capabilities, increasing its capabilities, and assessing our own, and, oh, by the way, trying to degrade them without us realizing it. So Yellowhammer News has a piece. Let's break it down to several places. China is here. So, so China is here. Our own Senator Katie Britt uh, is trying to continue her efforts, so she says, to fight the Chinese Communist Party's growing aggression. She made great statements the other day. Yellowhammer reported this uh, a couple of days ago that Senator Britt said, I have heard from Alabamians as I travel across the state, and this is a concern for them, specifically the Chinese Communist Party and their willingness and efforts and deliberate, potential attempts to buy up fertile U.S. farmland. She said food security is national security. So if you're not familiar, Chinese nationals and the Chinese government have been buying up land. They have increased their holdings in the United States by literally 1,000% over the last few years. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 383,000 acres of farmland. And a part of it looks at and go, okay, what are they doing? Are they, are they trying to set up their own export capability from our soil? Maybe. And that could certainly be it. But then you have to also look at where they want to place it. And what would they do while they're there? And then also where they are, what are they installing? So a, a piece came out on um, Texas Policy the Texas Public Policy Institute, which is a, a sister organization of the Alabama Policy Institute. They did a piece because they're looking at legislation right now in Texas. In fact, let me grab that one first. Let me do this. Let me switch over here. Story uh, out of Texas. Uh, actually, this came out of uh, the French press, believe it or not. It says the U.S. state of Texas is considering barring Chinese citizens from buying property on national security grounds. The Texas proposal also would bar Russians, Iranians, and North Koreans. And, oh, by the way, Texas is one of 12 states considering this. You have 12 state legislatures that are considering establishing state laws that would prevent the purchase from certain nations 
of, of, of you know, land within their territories. Right now, we're looking at, you know, a huge section. The biggest one in this is Texas. Texas is saying, you know, okay, we're, we're, we're done with this. Something in the neighborhood of $6.1 billion of U.S. real estate has been purchased, according to the Texas Public Policy Institute, by Chinese nationals in the last few years. Just in the last few years, many of which, by the way, have been established near military installations. Okay, first of all, I'm thinking, all right, is it, is it, is it just is it hype? Is it just is this a, is this just a somebody saying oh it's, it's it's China and all it really is is like a a poultry farm and they're putting it right next to you know uh, a Air Force base is that going to be a big de- yes it's a big deal why because of what else they could be installing there in fact let me tell you where's that story here hang on a second I got to find this now I'm jumping around this is yeah okay the same article give you an idea of how insidious certain things can be. It says an odd 2017 deal explains the or illustrates the importance of strategic real estate because in 2017 China offered to pay the entire 100 million dollar cost to build the National China Garden on 12 acres in Washington DC huh pray tell why would that be so Washington DC leadership expressed concerns, counterintelligence officials began to recognize the project needed to be rejected before it got constructed because they were going to build a very large pagoda on one of the highest points in Washington, D.C. And the proposed pagoda would be built from materials that were going to be shipped over in largely diplomatic pouches that could not be opened during import inspections. Interesting. Why would they want to build that on one of the highest points in our nation's capital? perhaps because they were installing surveillance and intelligence gathering uh, equipment. That, that, that's not, by the way, that's not, that's not just Phil, I believe that, that's not just Phil having some kind of a conspiracy theory, theory moment. No, that's, that's actual counterintelligence officials in D.C. who put a stop to the plan and shut down the $100 million construction cost that would have let China just build a 12-acre site right smack in the middle of D.C., but see, here's the thing. This article that I'm looking at right now from Texas Public Policy is, is, is one of the best I've seen. It says there are four real threats to Chinese nationals building and constructing on U.S. soil. Number one, real-time communications intelligence. Number two, real-time imagery intelligence. Number three, offensive signals jamming. And number four, Internet attacks. Because... China state-supported telecommunications giants Huawei and ZTE, they both have been selling tower equipment and routers to set up rural telecommunications, rural broadband, even taking a loss on the equipment to get it all out there. Why? Because it could have dual purpose. When you set up Chinese-established rural broadband in and around places like, oh, I don't know, the ICBM silos uh, in North Dakota or Nebraska or Montana or Colorado or Wyoming, what if they had jamming capability attached to them? Next thing you know, in the, in the world of, you know, in which we live, where things have to be done in a split second, and they can jam the communications to the missile silos at least for a period of time. Does that mean something? Yes, it does. This article points out that Chinese telecommunication equipment remains a ticking time bomb on U.S. soil, and there is now resistance to its removal because people have gotten used to it. So, yeah, China is here. 
And China is buying up land like nobody's business, man. Story here on Fox says concerns are growing over Chinese effort to buy American farmland near U.S. military bases. According to the USDA, Chinese landowners now own approximately 383,000 acres of U.S. farmland and their investments are continuing to grow. Chinese ownership of U.S. farmland jumped 20-fold from 2010 to 2021. 20-fold. There's even things like the Chinese-based chemical manufacturing company that bought 300 acres of land right near Grand Forks Air Force Base, which is a home to U.S. intel surveillance and reconnaissance units and top-secret drone technology. Again, we have to be aware of this. We can assume nothing. And on top of that, we also recognize that that's farmland that now we can't guarantee the processing of. All right, Boomer, take me to a break, brother. We'll do that right now. We'll come right back. So I'm in, I'm in number two of the Triple Dipper. China, China's here. They're not just out there doing stuff in the South China Sea. China's here. Why do you think they sailed a balloon right over the top of our country for an entire week? Because they are here on our soil in a big way. And I'll tell you what they've been doing in our universities. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid and conservative, and playing a little Led Zeppelin. Man, Boomer, dude, this got is, some good ones. You today. got the bumps just cranking. <laughs> hey, it's Friday afternoon, by the way, and uh, and I got to tell you, Boomer and I just sat here during the break uh, comparing <laughs> stories about our kids' diapers. <laughs> oh my gosh! So we we still have. Some references to when our kids, our kids are grown now, by the way. We have grandkids now, but uh, we still have some references in our family to the days of the nuclear stinky, we called it. <laughs> the nuclear stinky was epic in scale. I don't want to, I don't want to say it was coming out the neck of his shirt, but there you have it. Just the nuclear stinky, the things the you do, stinkies. the things you do as a parent. Oh my word. All right. So, hey, uh, the text lines are open, by the way. Uh, 833-687-4448. We're talking about China. China's here, all right? Um, and, and, it's, and it's important that we do not consider this to be one of those things that's happening somewhere else. Yes, they are making inroads in the South China Sea, building their islands and claiming that their territorial waters are expanded. Yes, they are exporting uh, to uh, unfriendly nations. Yes, they are the big brother of North Korea. Yes, they have increased their nuclear arsenal. Uh, by a, a, a huge amount, but they're here right now. They're, they're in the United States doing stuff. Uh, text, Marty from Huntsville says, thanks for talking about China. People think anyone talking about what you're discussing is a conspiracy theory. No, it's not, man. And I appreciate it. He says, you give validity to the topic. Thank you very much. It, you cannot underestimate, and, and maybe some people woke up to this, how long has it been, Boomer, since we had that balloon fly over? Three weeks? Four weeks? In about three, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you cannot deny, by the way, has anybody said what was, what they pulled out of the water yet? Where'd that story go? Daggum, where is that story? Yeah, we need to know about that. What the heck? They pulled that sucker out of the water and, and like, yeah, exactly. Hit the crickets for me. Yeah, there it is. 
That's what they do. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, we just went on to the next big thing. Charlene pointed that out the other day. She, she said, you know, it, what's crazy is we're going from one poor Biden decision to another where it just basically means that, you know, quick, go to another bad thing so they'll quit asking about the other big thing. But, yeah, we, we don't know what happened with pulling that thing out of the water. We do know this, though. It was indeed a Chinese balloon that was indeed carrying a 1,000-pound payload that was indeed uh, gathering data as it flew across the United States. Pray tell, why would that be? I think, I think a lot of people sat up and took notice because too many Americans, too many Americans just go, oh, it's China. They're on the far side of the world. Oh, it's China. Like when we went to Vietnam, we had to deal with some Chinese stuff, right? Oh, it's China. We have troops in North Korea and, you know, that's way over there. China's here. China's on our soil. China it prides itself on playing what they consider to be the long game. And they'll do stuff for an entire generation with the intent of one day having the upper hand. Americans have gotten very accustomed to the have-it-now mentality, the, the short sound bites and, the, and the, the 24-hour news cycle that has to be filled up with fluff. China's playing long games, and they're doing it with great intent. And the idea that they're here needs to be embedded in the, in the minds of the American psyche. So when you hear a politician going, we shouldn't allow, like Katie Britt said, we should not allow China. In fact, her comment was, one acre is too much. We should not allow the Chinese government to, to buy up major tracts of farmland very close to sensitive U.S. military installations. We should not allow rural broadband and other um, infrastructure to be put in place using Chinese components at a loss without speculating as to why that might be and does it have secondary use capability. We shouldn't be sitting idly by when China puts things into our state-funded universities designed to help shape the narrative for how they want China to be viewed uh, at a time when they, at the same time, may be building up capabilities that are just the opposite of what they're trying to portray themselves as. They're called Confucius Institutes. And in a minute, I'm going to come back and talk about that because at one point, there were a series of like 18 Confucius Institutes around the U.S., and two of those were right here in Alabama. One of them is finally closing down, and I'll tell you about it here in just a minute. But, folks, it's unconscionable to me that we've got the Penn Biden Center, where apparently classified documents were discovered at, in, in Joe Biden's Penn Biden Center office, and Penn had just received $30 million from the Chinese government. Well, money's fungible. What do you think it did? Oh, it helped fund the Penn Biden Center, where classified documents sit in closets. I'm just telling you. They're here. Got a brand new texter on the line. Gary from Huntsville is in there. So, Gary, we appreciate you. He says uh, China has 10% of the world's population. They could use 100 million soldiers as cannon fodder. He said, remember also that we have depleted our military hardware by sending it to Ukraine. And we have been weakened, and China knows it. I'm not arguing that point, Gary. Um, and I think we need to, uh, we need to be mindful of that. Um, all right. We'll take the break. We'll come right back. We'll wrap this section up. China, China's here. And then we'll wrap up the day talking about the Second Amendment, live free or die. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
all you right side ruffians. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. And we are back. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here for hour number three on a Friday afternoon in the Right Side Studios. Local, state, national, even the international. We cover all the issues. And like that dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. So I'm, I'm in number two of the Triple Dipper. China, China's here. Make no mistake about it. China is, is here on U.S. soil. They're doing stuff on a regular basis. So earlier I, I pointed out that there have been a number of developments that have caught the attention of U.S. counterintelligence, not the least of which is the fact that we are seeing major Chinese tech companies selling, even at a loss, their equipment to establish rural broadband and rural connectivity uh, in and around areas that you think, why would they do that? The goodness of their hearts? Don't think of anything coming from China as being from the good of their hearts, all right? Why are they doing this? Well, maybe because there is dual capacity in those systems. Maybe those systems could also take, be taken down remotely that would then shut down communications into areas of the nation. Maybe those systems could also become jammers. Maybe those systems could also become signal intel intercepts. So when you see China helping to install a rural broadband network at a loss to their company, golly, shucks. That's not out of the goodness of their heart. I don't think so at all. The other thing they've been trying to do is shape the narrative. As they do things like float a balloon across the United States, gathering intel as they go, as they do stuff like, you know, building new islands in the South China Sea and provoking uh, as they fly their fighter jets right close to our aircraft, there's also been some things going on around the United States called Confucius Institutes. If you're not familiar with this, let me back you up. So Confucius Institutes, are, are, they're on college campuses, and they're around the world. 18 of them in the United States, two of which were right here in Alabama. One at Alabama A&M in Huntsville, very close to the headquarters of Army Material Command and Missile Command and everything else going on around the Redstone area. The other at Troy University. Ah, Troy University, what? That's, what's, what's, did you know that Troy University for years had the contract for remote learning for the U.S. military. If you were a Sergeant E-5 wanting to finish out your college degree and you're stationed in Germany, you were doing courses at Troy University online. Troy University had one of only 18 total Confucius Institutes. They were funded by Hanban, which is the Confucius Institute headquarters, which was part of the Chinese military, Ministry of Education. They established the opportunity to provide... Um, you know, everything from teachers and textbooks and operating funds, all designed to promote China to the students of the university. They had to change the name because Hanban began, you got a lot of blowback on it because it was directly tied to the Chinese Ministry of Education. So now they're just funded by the Chinese International Education Foundation. <laughs> okay, that makes it better. The Trump administration declared Confucius Institutes to be a foreign mission of the CCP in 2018. 
So this is not just Phil saying, well, I read something on that, that conspiracy blog. No. The Trump administration declared Confucius Institutes to be an arm of the CCP in 2018. Alabama A&M closed theirs down pretty soon thereafter. They announced they were going to close theirs by 2021, and they did. Especially when they found out that the U.S. Defense Department was no longer going to provide contracts or grants or other funds to universities that had Confucius Institutes. That was part of the National Defense Authorization Act of 2021. So, yeah, this is not conspiracy theory. This is real. Troy took a little extra time, a little extra cajoling, apparently. Troy University finally says they're going to close theirs down this year. And so it's actually after years of, of, of you know, controversial um, uh, maintenance of their Confucius Institute, they're finally shutting it down. Two, so what, is that, what does that boil down to? Two out of 18. So where are we at? That's, that's, that's roughly what? How many percent? Boomer, I'm, 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 I'm doing a bad job at math right here. Um, all said and done, a percentage of them was right here in Alabama. Here's the other thing that China's been doing. China's been operating what have been referred to as remote Chinese police stations around the world, a number of which are in the United States. What? Yes. You know, the Chinese government has a heavy hand in, in, in terms of dealing with its own citizens. But when they have their own citizens coming over to the United States where they might get a taste of freedom and, I don't, I don't know, maybe have the opportunity to actually hear the other narrative, these Chinese police stations are there to provide a springboard from which they can then go and make known to those, you know, Chinese nationals, hey, we're here and we're watching you. So Beijing, it says, according to CNN, December 4th, Beijing has set up more than 100 so-called overseas police stations across the globe to monitor, harass, and in some cases even repatriate, which means abduct and take home, certain Chinese citizens who are either living in exile or using bilateral security agreements that are struck with those nations and being able to work there. Madrid-based foreign human rights campaigner Safeguard Defenders is the name of the company, Safeguard Defenders, says it found evidence China was operating 48 additional police stations abroad. Since the first group, since the group first revealed the existence of 54, the pre, so basically there's well over 100. Who runs them? Well, China's denying it. China says, no, 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 it's not happening. No, 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 not happening. Sure it's not. Never mind the fact that documents have been discovered showing that they've hired like 135 people for the first 21 stations they had. Oh, really? <laughs> We're not, nothing to see here. We're just setting up a little, you know, well, then, they, then, then China got confronted and they began to sort of back off their story. Well, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, just, it's just there because during COVID, it was so hard. It was so hard for our people to um, perhaps, you know, get their, um, their, their documentation fixed so they can come home when they want to. Really? That's all it was? Well, so understand this. In the world of diplomacy, it doesn't happen like this. In fact, the article I've got here from uh, CNN says undeclared consular activities outside of a nation's official diplomatic missions are highly unusual and even illegal unless a host nation has given explicit consent. And Safeguard Defenders, that group again, claims that China's overseas offices predate the pandemic by several years. So that's not their excuse. Congressmen are speaking out on it now. U.S. Congressman, House China Select Committee Chairman Mike Gallagher hosted a press event uh, just a couple days ago. 
at a former illegal Chinese Communist Party police station in downtown Manhattan. In other words, folks, I'm just what I'm telling you here, this is not conspiracy. China's here. They're on U.S. soil. I'm not talking about their embassy. I'm not talking about their official consulates. I'm not even talking about Chinese firms that have a, a plant like Golden Dragon has one down in Wilcox County, Alabama. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about things like China buying up land inexplicably and installing listening networks and setting up remote police stations, which we know where some of them are because here's a U.S. congressman just last week having a press conference outside the doors of one that they found out about and shut down. And Congressman Gallagher says it's rare to find someone who hasn't experienced at least some low-level form of digital harassment from CCP agents, talking about Chinese citizens who are here. He says, how have we allowed this to happen on American soil? The answer is we've been blind while the CCP has been very cunning. They buy our politicians. They buy our multinational organizations and companies, in some cases law enforcement, and they use muscle and threats instead of persuasion. And like the mafia, they're not afraid to make people disappear, he says. On our soil. Do spies happen? Yeah, we know that. Spies happen. It's pretty brash when they're setting up remote police stations undeclared as part of the consular activities of their nation. It's pretty brash when they're building new islands in the South China Sea and claiming that gives them the right to dictate who's allowed to sail in that area. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing when they will fly a balloon over our territory that's as big as three Greyhound buses carrying a 1,000-pound intel-gathering payload, and we have to shoot it down with an F, F-16. It's pretty amazing when you consider that they're helping to install, quote-unquote, rural broadband networks that they can also then shut down or repurpose into listening devices. And then lastly, there's TikTok. And I'll wrap it up with this. TikTok is just weird. I'm just, I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe that sounds like the old guy. Get off my grass. No, nah, that's what I'm saying. But Republicans on the House Foreign Affairs Committee have now brought a bill to bear that could effectively ban TikTok from all mobile devices in the U.S. because it is that is considered that dangerous. Why? Here's the deal. TikTok is a Chinese-based app that is gathering up data and is owned by a company called ByteDance, which has a direct affiliation with the Chinese government. And Chinese law requires that companies based in their country have to comply with any and all requests from state intelligence agencies. So as TikTok gathers data off people's phones, what are they going to find out, Phil? We know a new, newest dance step? No, 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 listen. If the app's on your phone, then what kind, of, what kind of worms have been put in the app? What is your phone able to do? When I, when I was working in secure facilities, the, the last one was down at McDill Air Force Base. It got to the point you had to lock your phone in a box outside of the building. And then it got to the point that they actually mandated that you had to leave your phone in your car turned off away from the building. Well, and they had people with sniffers that would walk through the building, and if they could detect a cell phone that had been left turned on and it was in the building, you were going to get railroaded right out of there. Why? Because an app with a worm in it can find a way to turn on your phone and become a listening device. And so right now, members of Congress are recognizing they have a Chinese-based listening device in their phones. And it's everywhere. 
and, and so folks, yeah, some of it may be innocuous. Maybe it's just weird. We don't let our kids watch it or something. How about this? What if it's on some sensitive individual's phone in a sensitive location and it gets turned on remotely to find out what's going on in the building? China's here. They just are. Accept it. Be aware of it. Make no assumptions about it. And treat them as if they're trying to do things to harm the nation. And let's make sure our capabilities stay above theirs. That's what I say. All right, there you have it. I have just now thrown the whole international world into a complex dilemma. China is here. All right, we're going to take a break right now. We'll come back from this break and head into the final segment of the day. Boomer, I think I'm getting all three dippers, man. You are. What the heck? (laughs) Friday afternoon and the dippers are rolling. We'll come right back. Second Amendment, live free or die. You want to text in? 833-687-4448. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. (laughs) 